you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 179. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week. How do you even know if your child is strong-willed? Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a hunch that you've got a strong-willed child. But I just wanted to kind of talk about what really constitutes a child being strong-willed. And don't we all, like, don't, isn't every child strong-willed at some point or another? Like, that's what I always say. The people who come to me, everybody's got a strong-willed, air quotes, child. But the truth of the matter is, is that mastermind parenting is really for all humans. It's just that our strong-willed ones are the ones that bring us here because they're not complying with the old school parenting methods that most of us, us were raised with. And so we're like, well, I got to figure something out. And so we come and we look for resources and we listen to podcasts and we read books and we're looking for the tools and the tips. But how do you know if your kid is a strong-willed kid or just a regular human kid that shows up with some strong-willed behavior because because we all sometimes have strong-willed behavior. So like, how do you determine the difference? So I wanted to just kind of talk about that topic this week. Let me start with the adjective, the adjective strong-willed, how it's defined by Webster's Dictionary. Very determined to do something, even if other people say it should not be done. Okay, so very determined to do something, even if other people say it should not be done. So If you have ever had a three-year-old, what you know is that this is sort of part of a three-year-old's job. Like a three-year-old and, you know, three-nagers and teenagers, it's like as developing humans, it is normal. It is part of human development to challenge the status quo when you're about three and when you're about 13, when you're going through these big transitions, okay? So when you're three, you're going from being a baby to now being a little kid, right? To being like a preschooler. And so three-year-olds are just starting to make sense of the world. They're just sort of figured out that they're not simply an appendage of mom. So they're trying to challenge everything. Where do you stop? Where do I start? And the same thing happens when, when humans go through adolescence. It's I'm now gonna go from childhood into eventually adulthood. So this transitional phase of of adolescence, I've got to figure out 
who I'm going to be as an adult. Like I know now what the adults who have been keeping me safe and in charge for the most part, I know what they think. I know what they want me to do. But now I have to become my own adult in the next, you know, however many years. And so my job is to challenge and decide who I'm going to be as an adult, what I believe in, where I maybe differ from the adults who have raised me. And so I think it's important to understand that that is an important stage of development. Okay. Just because somebody challenges us doesn't mean that we're not still going to have boundaries and rules, but we don't have to make it mean that, oh gosh, this one's a real piece of work. This one, oh, I've got my straw. Like all three-year-olds and all 13-year-olds-ish are supposed to be strong-willed, are supposed to exhibit strong-willed behavior. They're supposed to be determined to do something that they are thinking makes sense, even if the people in charge of them say it should not be done. Okay, so it doesn't mean that we just let them do all the things, especially things that are going to put them in harm's way, but we don't have to define them and categorize them just because they're going through this very normal stage of development. Does that make sense? So I like to say that, you know, you have a strong-willed child if you just find that they're just challenging. Like every stage sort of seems challenging and you kind of are wondering to yourself, like, when do I catch a break? Like who knew that it was going to be this hard? Is it supposed to be this hard? Like, is everyone's kid this hard? At what point are we going to just get to coast for a while? Like, why is everything a problem? Everything seems to be a problem. So they just seem difficult. It's like they're the squeaky wheel of the family. You know, if this one child is happy, it's almost like you can breathe and everybody else is easy peasy. You know, if this one child is happy, then it sort of sets the tone and, and you know, this could be, you know, a good vacation or a good evening out or whatever it is, or, or a good bike ride um, or a good afternoon. When your squeaky wheel is happy, then you're like, ah, oh, everything else is going to flow smoothly. And all the moments when the squeaky wheel is squeaking, you're like, oh, you just sort of feel like they're constantly hijacking the household and everyone's kind of walking on eggshells around them, right? It's the one that you really worry about the most and you're just sort of glancing from the side of your eye like, are they getting into trouble? What's their mental state right now? Happy? Not happy? And I'll tell you, for those of us who have a strong-willed kid who isn't just going through a strong-willed stage, but is strong-willed sort of all the time, you know, let me help you guys to understand something that is really a mistake that I made. And I didn't realize I was making it, but if I can help any of you to not make the same mistake, then that would make me happy. So my daughter, who is now 20, She's not the strong-willed one, but she has a strong-willed older brother. And what we have now determined happened is it's like they say there's big T trauma and little T trauma. So her little T trauma, which is still trauma, was 
we accidentally gaslit her a lot. And I know the term being gaslighted, I know that it's confusing for a lot of people, but it's just basically when you tell someone that they shouldn't be thinking or feeling what they are. So you invalidate them, you try to talk them out of their feelings rather than just listening and allowing them to have the feelings they're having. You try to convince them that they should feel a different way, that their reality is different rather than just showing up and receiving them and helping them to work through it, you know, and really listening to them. You try to convince them that it's a different way. And the way we did it, so she's our easier kid. So I was constantly from the side of my eye, most worried, me and my husband were most worried about her strong-willed older brother who just was, he's highly sensitive and cranky in a bad mood a lot, yada, yada, yada. When he was home with us, when he went out into the world, he was, you know, most of the time pretty perfect, but what he, he would save it all for when he came home to us. And his younger sister was his punching bag in a lot of ways. And because I kind of was always watching him from the corner of my eye, I was around a lot. And he figured out like these little nuanced ways of kind of taking his upset out on his sister in ways that he could get away with it. Okay. So here's an example. So we found this old video of, I don't know, my, my daughter, Avery and her younger brother, they were playing and we were all kind of like in this common area of our house. And I don't know, somebody else was over, maybe like a grandparent or something. And we had a dog cage in there, you know, like a dog crate. And they were like playing in the dog crate and they were putting each, her and, and, you know, the baby were like putting each other. I think Corey was like 18 months at the time. And Avery was like four and a half or five. And she was playing with Corey and they were putting each other like in the dog crate. They were going in the dog crate together. And then they were, you know, they were just goofing around. They were playing. She was like, had something. She was pretending to be a horse. And she was like, Corey, Corey, right on this with me, right on this with me. And all of a sudden you see on the video, Alec comes kind of creeping around the corner and just like, like the camera picked up where he just goes ah, and just like, kind of just jumps out just like in a little, like, ah, you know, like nothing. And you hear Avery go, Alec. And then we, we don't really see the whole thing that happened or it didn't seem like a big deal. alec has got a smile across his face. He seems happy. So the corner of my eyes, always looking to see if Alec's happy, everybody else needs to be happy. Everybody, everything's going to be easy as long as Alec's happy. So then you hear me and my husband, Scott, start to admonish Avery. Avery, take it down. Avery, there's, come on, there's no need for that. Avery, it's, it's okay. What do you, why are you getting so, come on, you know, like we're dismissing her. We're telling her it's all okay. It's not a big deal. We're basically sending her the message, like, stop being so dramatic. Like, we don't say stop being so dramatic, but that's our that's our tone. You know, that's the message we're conveying. Like, relax. This is just all fun and games. It's fine. But she has this little T trauma of she would just be playing and in her own little magical world. And at any moment, he might come around the corner and jump out and scare her or startle her. And so it's like her nervous system was rattled. 
you know, very, her brain would go into all kinds of dark places. She's scared. I mean, even as a 20 year old, which this actually kind of makes me happy about it is that she was telling me that on her college campus, there was, they just caught the guy, but there was this creepy 30 year old. They just caught him. He was like lurking around this area where a lot of college students live. And, and there was a bunch of attempted kidnappings. And so she was telling me that she goes, well, you know, I had my knife on me. I'm like, of course, of course you had your knife. You know, she's like, oh yeah, I had like my serious knife on me. I'm like, <laughs> and like when she was eight, I remember one time we were on a bike ride and she like throws her bike down and she had this little like crossbody bag. And I like picked up her purse and I, I, I went to go into it because I'm thinking, what does an eight-year-old need to carry a purse on a bike ride? And she's like, mom, don't go in that. And I was like, "What? what's in here? I open it and there was like this knife that my husband had bought her at the Renaissance Festival. I'm like, why do you have a knife on you? She's like, well, just in case. So she's always sort of been in this kind of high alert state. But it really came from, he was figuring out a way to kind of take his whatever out on her and was always kind of you know, jumping out and scaring her, ruining her fun a little bit and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. He was walking around in a high anxiety state. He was constantly sort of dysregulated and this was his outlet. You know, this was his outlet and we didn't see it clearly, right? So we didn't see it clearly, but because I was like, as long as he's happy, no one else mess this up. Cause I'm just worried if he's happy, then everybody else is easy peasy. So when she would get upset, I would gaslight her accidentally because I was like, no, 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 he's happy. He's smiling. He's fun. He wants to play. He wants to be a part of the fun, but really there was more to the story and I couldn't see it. So be on the lookout for that pattern, because if I could do it differently, what I would have done is I would have pulled her aside instead of shutting her down and I would have calmed her down and said, come here, something just bothered you. You were just having fun. I would have just used empathy and stated the obvious. You were over here just having fun and then something startled you or you got scared. Tell me what happened. And then I would have heard her and I would have you know, helped her develop skills at a very young age to use her voice and empower her. When your brother comes and scares you like that and you're playing, it's not okay. And you can say to him, hey, that scared me. That's not okay. If you want to play with us, just say, hey, can I play too? But jumping out and scaring me, it's not cool. You know, I would have given her the words. I would have helped her. I would have helped her develop the skills so she didn't just feel at the mercy of this pattern. I want to read a little bit more about strong-willed behavior. This is from uh, this website that I found recently called verywellfamily.com, which is this it's written by a therapist and it's doctor endorsed. And I know that that can give everyone a sense of peace because we all think it's the doctors who have all the answers. So let me read to you what they say about this here. So they say, although all kids can be strong-willed sometimes, some children exhibit certain characteristics consistently. Also referred to as spirited children, these kids' temperaments are often evident from a very early age. Being strong-willed isn't the same as being a bad kid. Strong-willed kids are simply determined to do things according to their own terms. While their sheer stubbornness can be admirable at times, it can also be downright frustrating for parents and teachers. It's hard to convince a strong-willed child to do anything they don't want to do. If your child exhibits these behaviors, the key is to find ways to help them channel their energy into something positive rather than crushing their spirit. So strong-willed kids often have intense, angry outbursts. 
While all kids throw temper tantrums, some exhibit intense anger that doesn't subside for a long time. They have low frustration tolerance and they struggle to express their anger in a socially appropriate manner. And sometimes you might have no idea what even set them off in the first place. So there's a sign you've got a strong-willed one. They demand to know why. Hearing because I said so is frustrating. That's authoritarian parenting. If you haven't listened to the last two podcasts, listen to those. So if any any authoritarian parenting on the scene, because I said so, case closed, it's so frustrating to, it's, it's frustrating for all kids, but it's extra frustrating for strong-willed kids. They want to know why they can't play in the rain. This is all the things I've talked about in the last few podcast, why it's a bad idea to jump on the couch. While you might be tempted to say, I don't know, or just because those types of answers won't satisfy your child, you'll need to share why it's a safety, moral, social, or legal issue if you want your child to stop arguing. See, they, they push us to more. Don't just tell me not to do something. Like I'm a very smart, reasonable little human. If you just explain the why, like, I don't want you to try and control me. If you, you get me on board and take the time, mom and dad, to explain why we have this rule, well, I'm very reasonable. I can get on board. But if you just case close me, I'm going to dig my heels in and act like a royal pain in the ass. So I'm calling you to more, mom and dad. I'm calling you to develop better communication skills. Okay. Stubborn arguing, another sign of strong-willed behavior. Kids with a strong-willed temperament don't give up when they disagree. They love to engage in power struggles, and their stubborn persistence often tires people out. They're great debaters who are good at finding loopholes and exceptions. So don't be surprised when your child recalls that one time you let them eat ice cream for breakfast or justified lying because you didn't want to pay the adult rate for a movie ticket, even though they were too old for a kid's ticket. Okay? So bossiness. Strong-willed kids have a vision in their mind about the way things should be, and they'll often orchestrate ways to turn that idea into reality. They have no problem telling their peers where to stand or how to behave, and they're not shy about telling adults what to do either. They refuse to comply. Don't waste your energy trying to convince a strong-willed child to do something they don't want to do. Nagging, begging, and rationalizing isn't likely to get you anywhere. Strong-willed kids will dig in their heels and refuse to budge. Impatience. Many kids want to do everything according to their timetables. They hate waiting in line at the grocery store. They don't like waiting for their turn when playing a game. And they aren't interested in sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office. They don't want to waste a second waiting for someone else. Strong-willed kids often make their own rules. They aren't interested in hearing your opinion about when it's time for bed. Instead, they're likely to insist they'll go to sleep when they're tired. They prefer to make their own policies and set their own guidelines rather than following an authority figure's rules. Entitlement. Many kids struggle to understand the differences between a need and a want. Whether they want to play outside in the rain or eat a hot dog for breakfast, they'll claim they need to do it. They're also very concerned with fairness. Even when things are going their way, they'll often insist that they're not getting their fair share. Selective hearing. Tell some children to be careful or use your walking feet, and if they're not interested, they'll simply ignore you. Strong-willed kids are good at using selective hearing, and they easily tune out anything that doesn't suit their needs. They move at their own pace. Kids with a strong will often eat fast, talk fast, and walk fast when they want to, but they move at a snail's pace when doing something they aren't interested in. Okay, so Hopefully that helps to clarify if you have a strong-willed kid 
or not. Now, the good news is what I teach in Mastermind Parenting, this whole methodology of mastering your own mind, communicating as a confident, loving, and firm pack leader, all it does is help kids with a strong will, feel respected, understand the why behind things, treated like a little human who absolutely is allowed to have opinions and who's also held accountable and set, you know, understands what the boundaries are and when consequences need to be followed to help really, really hold them accountable. We're not scared to do it. We're not scared of our strong-willed kids. We're very clear and what the rules and the expectations are in the household. We just don't use shame and anger and blame when they're exemplifying their strong will. We just know how to manage it. And they give us an opportunity to practice these skills over and over and over again. And we don't make them responsible for our feelings, for our behavior. We manage and master our own minds. That's what our strong-willed kids are here to help us learn this skill set, which most of us don't have, right? And they are harder to parent. And the good news is, is that because they call us to more, because they refuse to comply with authoritarian parenting, and so we just have a household filled with tension and anger and no fun for anyone, really unhealthy actually, right? Because they refuse to comply with those the old school parenting of yesteryear. They call us to more. They call us to dig in and learn new skills, which will ultimately benefit us and every other family member. So they are the impetus for us bettering ourselves. That's what they're here to teach us. That's what the squeaky wheel is really all about. Okay, so here's a scenario that we pulled off of social media from a parent of a strong-willed child. Anyone else instantly overloaded when they're around their strong-willed child? My five-year-old just spent the weekend with my parents, and I missed her as I always do. I was so excited to see her, but as soon as she walked in the door, I was instantly overloaded because she is just so exhausting. I get my breaks from her, but I feel terrible that I'm so grouchy with her. I try my best not to be, but she wears me down. Same for my husband. I feel like we balance each other out with her in patience. He's patient with her when he knows I'm overwhelmed and vice versa. And I feel extra bad because her love language is touch and time. She loves us, so quality time and physical touch. She loves us just spending time cuddling together, but she never stops moving or talking the whole time. I'm a chill person and it drives me crazy. Yeah, guess what this child is here to help this parent get better at? Boundaries, boundaries and boundaries and boundaries. I guarantee you this child is exhausted. Moving constantly is a sign of exhaustion 99.9% .9 of the time. And kids that have a strong will are almost always highly sensitive. They need extra rest, like even an hour of not enough sleep for a strong-willed kid. And I know they seem hyper and not tired and they won't settle down. Exhausted kids are always act hyper, almost always whine. If you, if you have an exhausted kid that's whiny, like that's easy to figure out. But 
an exhausted kid that acts like the energizer bunny, it's, it's sometimes it can be hard to figure out that that's what's going on. So I guarantee you this kid is exhausted. And because mom was raised with what many of us were raised with, which is faulty conditioning of females, teaching us to be people pleasers, teaching us not to have boundaries, mom probably has a hard time getting this child to bed at night following through, you know, establishing what the rules are, having the structures in place to help this exhausted child who is walking around constantly dysregulated to help this child finally be able to feel more settled and regulated in their nervous system. And so that's why this child is so much work, right? It's so difficult to be around. And why mom's so grouchy is that mom doesn't even know that Everything is a boundary violation for the most part. Mom doesn't know how to truly listen to her body. She's a chill person. Guess what? I don't care how chill, how laid back you are. Little kids need structure. They need a plan. They need the way the day is going to go. We need to establish and put our, our time and energy on the front end, which sounds like a royal pain in the ass. And it sounds almost too rigid to be like, this is the way the day is going to go. You know, we're going to... And, and really showing up in that pack leadership way. Well, I'm too chill. I don't like all that. I hate, you know, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. When you realize I got little kids, this season's not going to last forever. They thrive on structure. It helps them to feel more regulated in their body. And when I hold them accountable and we stick to the plan and I make sure that this child's getting the rest that their body needs and the fuel that their body needs, and the activity that their body needs, needs, and not just too much screen time. And I have that kind of structure built into our lives and our day, and that consistency. Guess what happens? My kid becomes easier, more enjoyable, less of a complete spaz that's difficult to be around. And that ultimately gives us more freedom. We're able to relax and chill more because everybody's set up for success. The definition of insanity is repeating the same things over and over and expecting different results. Like it's not going to change. Like this little five-year-old was just, is just learning how to be alive. You can't expect them to change it and set the tone. You have to set the tone. So as long as we argue with reality, you know, you were given a strong-willed child for a reason. Are you going to accept the call? And, and when you know you love your child with all your heart, and it, you might want to punch me even for saying this, but quite often you don't like them. You don't like being around them. It's not enjoyable. Okay? That is a sign that something has to change. And you got to woman up or man up and learn the things and hold yourself accountable to learn the things and come on, get on the train and, and take the call. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com 
We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's Mastermind underscore Parenting. Um, And, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.